The rookie mistake was treating my clients as if their dreams existed in a vacuum. The manifestation of our dreams requires that we're physically able to be there. And so beginning to include our body in the conversation makes the world of difference. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome back to Messy and Magnificent, or if you're joining us for the first time, hey, I'm Carly. And today, this episode is dropping on a very special day. It is the first international Bring Your Body to Work Day. And if you've never heard of International Bring Your Body to Work Day, that's because (laughs) this is a concept we're launching for the first time here together on Messy and Magnificent. And I hope you'll join me as a way of celebrating my 40th birthday. Because when I sat still for a moment, I was just so acutely aware that without my body, there would be no business for me or no podcast or no way to talk with you or hug my loved ones, hold my brand new niece and my toddler nephews. And I know that sounds obvious, right? We must have a physical body to interact with our physical world in a tangible way. But anyone who's ever experienced a moment in their body where they were sick or injured or unable to move freely in their body in ways that felt good because of something internal or because of external restrictions or expectations placed on your body by others, well then, you know. It's really hard, if not downright impossible, to show up for what we care about in the big three, and the big three around here is our careers, our health, and our relationship, when our body or the circumstances around our body aren't set up for our well-being. I mean, here's an example of that. Here's one of the first times my body rerouted my entire career. So I was 20 years old, yeah, just about 20 years old, And I was laying in bed with another one of many severe, serious, chronic migraine flare-ups. This was a phase in my life where I was waiting tables. I had already taken a leave from college because I was having these headaches so chronically, and they were so serious. They would last for 24 to 48 hours each. They were happening two to three times a week. I had been to doctors and specialists. Nobody knew what it was. The only thing that was really working was going to a doctor's office and getting an injection of pain medication. And so I'm laying in bed on this particular day. It was super hot. It was the summertime. I was in between shifts as a waitress, couldn't afford air conditioning. So it's just sweltering in the room. And as I'm laying there, just feeling super frustrated, the lights are off because I couldn't handle any light or sound or smell. Forget about it. I would be sick when I had a migraine. It occurred to me for the first time as I was laying there suffering that the only time I laid still to relax was when I had a migraine. And in that moment, a little light bulb went off. For the first time, it occurred to me that perhaps my body wasn't trying to punish me or slow me down or frustrate me, that it wasn't this thing, this obstacle that got in the way of my work or my goals, that it was binding me to working at a reasonable pace. 
And I remember in that moment laying there, the pain being excruciating. And as I became aware that perhaps my body wasn't against me, (laughs) perhaps it was trying to tell me something, I remember the intensity of the pain exacerbated for a moment. It was like watching the launch of a firework into the sky. There was this grand explosion and then suddenly a little relief. The migraine didn't just fully disappear, but it let up significantly. And I remember thinking, hmm, there's something here. Is it possible my body's trying to tell me something? And it was. There was something that needed to be tended to. I was really unhappy. And I was unhappy for a few reasons, but one of them was that I didn't yet know the difference between working well or being a dedicated worker and overworking. And at that moment in time, I was spending a lot of time with my partner. We lived together, somebody who wanted me to be, quote, a lady, (laughs) whatever that means all the time. He would ask me to be more of a lady and not so much myself. And I was eating foods that made me tired and sad in part because that's what I could afford and in part because I just didn't know better yet. And my body was telling me to pay attention, but I didn't know the language of my body yet. And while it was my responsibility to learn a better way to interact with my body, it wasn't my fault. Most of us work in cultures that don't include the well-being of our body in the conversation. In fact, our bodies are seen often as an inconvenience or maybe as wild cards that need to be controlled or constricted or modified or ignored. But that's not sustainable for anyone. My experience when it comes to human bodies are they're a lot like a good casino. In Vegas, the house always wins. If we don't give our bodies what it needs, it will keep speaking up, right, until we have to listen. So today's episode is particularly important. I mean, of all the things I could be discussing for my 40th birthday, this is it. Because if we as women and leaders did only one thing, if we became allies to our body, that would make everything else we're trying to do that much more possible. So here's what we're going to cover today. Number one, I'm going to share very candidly the rookie coaching leadership mistake I made for years and how once I caught it, I was able to serve my clients in a much better way. Then number two, we're going to talk about how you can avoid that same mistake. It has to do with listening to our bodies, including how one of my top clients worked the needs her body had into her leadership strategy after years of working with a co-founder that expected her to overwork to the point of physical exhaustion and what happened there. Then I also want to share some really interesting research here about why it is that statistically speaking, women feel more pain and discomfort on a muscular skeletal level within their body as it relates to their careers and why that is and what we can do about it. And then I want to share some funny feedback that I get from every client I have It's what they call magic. I just call it a method, (laughs) even though it really does feel like magic. This is one of the ways we leverage the information our body is giving us as our most vital and prolific resource when it comes to our career, our health, and our relationships. So if you want to know for certain that you're giving yourself the best resources to thrive without feeling like you need to do more or push harder or learn some big fancy process, especially if you're navigating challenges or unknowns right now, this episode is set up to be like a bite of dark chocolate in that it is all nourishing goods and no fluff. 
This is definitely the episode for you if what I'm talking about speaks to something that matters for you. So I'm going to give a quick shout out here in a moment. But first, I do want to say today, Monday, March 21st, is International Bring Your Body to Work Day. And what that means is I'm asking us all for my birthday here to do one kind thing for your body. Whether that's taking a sip of water, whether that's stretching, that's sitting down, that's dancing, it's laughing, whatever feels good to you. And if you want to share that and come see what other women are doing around the world, use the hashtag body to work, B-O-D-Y-T-O-W-O-R-K on Instagram and LinkedIn so that we can see each other and begin to normalize the fact that not only do we have physical bodies, but that they're meant to be respected and included in our days. And look, if you're listening to this episode on a day that's not March 21st, as far as I'm concerned, it is always bring your body to work day. So post a photo or post about something you're doing for your body. Use that hashtag, perhaps tag me so that I can see it. I would love to celebrate you and give you a shout out like the one I'm about to do on an upcoming episode. So speaking of bodies, I would be remiss not to give a shout out to Sonia Renee Taylor. Now, Sonia Renee Taylor is the founder and radical executive officer of The Body Is Not An Apology. This is a digital media and education company promoting radical self-love and body empowerment as the foundational tool for social justice and global transformation. And Sonia wrote a few years ago, The Body Is Not An Apology, and the second edition just came out. I cannot say enough beautiful, powerful things about this book and Sonia Renee Taylor's work. I will put a link to both right here in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you sometime what authors you're listening to. Who are the people that inspire you to include your body in the conversation? Leave that on a review on iTunes. Maybe we can get them to be a guest on an upcoming show. And I would love to get to thank you for introducing me to them or their work. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy, the place that motivated women come to reclaim their time, energy, and clarity, both on the spot and for the long haul. So if you're craving more authenticity, or your body is telling you it is tired of being tired, or you're just so over going over loops in your mind about the next best steps for yourself, well, you can get free access to the Boundary Brunch recording where I share the three things that women who already have healthy, sturdy boundaries know and do. It's a game changer and it's totally free with nothing for sale in there. Visit carlyfane.com to get access and get spacious today and replace any accidental people pleasing with peace of mind. All right, it's time for me to spill the tea on that rookie coaching mistake I was making for years. (laughs) Now, once I finally figured it out, I was able to serve both my clients and myself in much grander ways. So early on in my career, you know, I would work with people who were high achievers and I'd help them develop these great plans or great strategies for winning their next Grammy or being able to be a parent while also developing a new business or getting a degree while, you know, they were also already running a business, whatever it was that they were doing, these high achievers. And it turns out that it didn't matter how good the strategy was that we developed, how well-intended they were, how excited or enthusiastic they were. If they didn't have 
enough energy to show up for the action steps they had, if they didn't have enough chutzpah, if they didn't have enough power within their physical body to show up consistently, there was no way that they were going to be able to follow through on those plans. And it took me a lot of years to realize this because what I was noticing was some of my clients were doing really well and others were doing okay. Like they were doing fine. They were all right with the results, but they weren't rock starring it like some of my other clients. And after watching for years and years, I noticed it's the clients who include their body in the work that are able to show up for the work for the long haul. This is what prompted me to be in a conversation recently with one of my current clients. He's had a legal practice for a number of decades, and he's branching into growing a a new part of his legal practice. And we were mapping out, as he's preparing for the launch of this new part of his practice, ways to make sure that he is getting the nourishment he needs during the launch. So if it's a week where he needs to be extra visible and he needs to be networking with more people, well, that same week, we want to make sure that there's room for him to do the things that give him life. He likes to swim or ride bikes or do a little bit of meditation. So we have to schedule those things in at the same time. And it's just so easy, right? Especially when we're in moments where more is being asked of us or we have more to deliver to accidentally skimp on the things that resource us. And so that was the rookie mistake. The rookie mistake was treating my clients as if their dreams existed in a vacuum. The manifestation of our dreams requires that we're physically able to be there. And so beginning to include our body in the conversation makes the world of difference. So let's talk for a moment about ways you can avoid (laughs) that same mistake, that same mistake that I was making, where I was making great plans and not taking into account the rest of my physical body. So back in 2005, when I first did eventually graduate from college, I was working in physical therapy. And around that same time, just a year before, back in 2004, Lyndall Strasdeens and Gabriel Bammer, they published a research piece in the National Library of Medicine. And I will put a link to that right here in the show notes. But the piece was specifically on how upper body muscular skeletal symptoms were more prevalent and more severe among women. So meaning that issues with muscles and bones were showing up more commonly for women. And the gender difference in the symptom severity was explained by risk factors happening at work, meaning that people who identified as women were more likely to be doing repetitive work or to have poor ergonomic equipment. And at home, they were having less opportunity to relax or get to exercise out of work. And if these women happen to also be parents, this exacerbated the gender difference with mothers reporting the least time to relax and to exercise. And so both the jobs were more demanding on women's bodies and the opportunity to rest or strengthen the bodies was less. Now, granted, this is a binary study like most studies are where men and women are seen as the two main categories. So we look at this through the awareness that there is a spectrum, right, of genders here. But what they didn't find in the study was that women would be more vulnerable to pain than men were, right? So the levels of pain people felt was equal. The difference was that changes in the nature of work meant that more and more employees, especially women, were using computers for a significant part of the workday and that they were in sedentary and repetitive and routine work. And this, combined with the imbalance of domestic responsibilities placed on women, created a recipe for pain, recipe for muscular skeletal disorders. 
Now, when I read, you know, some of the research on a study like this, having worked in that field, you know, my brain loves biology talk. It likes learning any kind of, you know, nerdy Latin based anything. It's all there for it. But I share this because A, the research is essential to see the difference, the level at which women are often experiencing more pain within their bodies at work. But as I was reading this study, I was also aware of the level of medical jargon out there. And when I worked in physical therapy, it became really clear to me that this medical jargon served as a method of detaching us from understanding what was happening in our, in our physical bodies. I can't tell you how often a patient would come in for rehab, say after a knee replacement or for carpal tunnel syndrome or any other you know, muscular skeletal issue from a workplace issue. And they would have the report, but they wouldn't understand what it means. Because if you didn't go to medical school, how would you know, <laughs> you know what some of this language was? And so what was happening there was this ingrained method within the medical community of using language that requires a patient to not fully understand what is going on in their body and thus to default to the judgment or expectations of an external medical advisor when really nobody knows your physical body or the experience of living within it better than you. Now, when I'm talking about these different ways that we've been taught to be a little bit distanced from our bodies, I want to just pause for a moment and say this. If we have been disconnected from our bodies, meaning it is hard to understand physically what you're feeling in your body, or it feels like a lot or like too much, I want to treat that with a lot of tenderness and respect. And I encourage you to go back to episode 122. If being in your conversation with your body is super foreign or super painful, because I want you to be safe and treat yourself with respect and be kind to yourself in the process here. But there's a teacher, a really well-known leader in the field of well-being, Tara Brock. She has her PhD in clinical psychology from the Fielding Institute. And she did a beautiful video recently where she was talking about this phenomenon of being detached from our bodies. And I'll put a link to that here in the show notes. She uses the word disassociated as in not connected to what is going on around us or not touched or interacting with it or not caring. And the same applying to what happens within us. And I think that we live in this moment in time where there is so much information going on outside of ourselves, in addition to the information that's going on inside of ourselves, that it's easy to kind of be in our own little bubble when things are stressful and forget that we're part of a larger world and a community, to use Tara Brock's words, that are also going through things. And she said, quote, something in us knows that we are not fully inhabiting our heart and our lives. The beginning of coming back is coming back into our bodies. Oh, I love that. That if we are becoming disassociated, detached, feeling like we can't connect to the big things that are going on out in our world or in our global world, that the entry point back to being able to have meaningful connection with what it is that matters is through our bodies. And I'm reminded of something that Ruby Sales is known for saying. Ruby Sales is the founder and director of the Spirit House Project in Atlanta, she is also a activist that has been known for her preeminent work in the civil rights movement and its ongoing existence ever since then. I will put links to the Spirit House Project and a place where you can learn more about Ruby Sales here. But she has a phrase 
that she suggests that we use when we're trying to connect with other people, and I find it equally as helpful to use it when we're connecting with our bodies. She says one pathway here through connection is a curious care. And she's been known for saying, quote, a curious care that says, where does it hurt? End quote. A curious care that says, where does it hurt? What I'm asking you to do here in a moment where one of the hardest things to do is to give ourselves permission to feel what it is we're feeling, to keep feeling, to keep feeling, even when it all feels like it might be too much. There are moments for respite, yes, of course, but can we dare to keep feeling, if nothing else, what we notice in our physical body? I am asking you to get really curious about what you notice. Not needing to change a thing other than to be able to say what I notice is within my physical body. So an example would be if what you're witnessing right now happening in Ukraine, this war, this attack that's happening to citizens of Ukraine, causes you to not feel well. To be able to say, okay, what do I physically notice in my body? Am I feeling a knot in my stomach or something different or in my tear ducts or in my shoulders? noticing the physical symptoms that come along with the processing of information and perhaps what those symptoms are trying to tell us. And then on the flip side, also being aware of what does a spark of life or joy or zest or passion feel like in my body? What gives me a sense of aliveness and how can I weave a taste of that spark into my days? And if you missed the last episode that we did, a conversation with Susie Banks-Baum on episode 123, I encourage you to go back to that one. Susie talks about what to do when tradition has laid a trap for us, when we are finding that the expectations that we're surrounded by are more draining than they are life-giving, how to tap into our body to get closer to joy. I highly recommend that. So what I'm doing now is asking you to notice what it is that happens in your body when something feels good or when something doesn't feel so hot and just to continue to feel. When it would be easy to numb or to check out, to go a little deeper, to notice more, to move through rather than trying to move past what it is that needs to be tended to. And I want to give you an example of what that can look like because that's way easier said than done, right? We can acknowledge that. This is a story from one of my clients. She is the CEO of an organization that she's had for a number of years now. And she started this organization with an equal co-founder. They were 50-50 founders a number of years ago. And after many years of being in startup mentality and getting this business up off the ground, she was exhausted. And both her and her co-founder had the only work mentality they knew, which was grind, 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 hustle. And there came a point when she really felt like she was losing it. She was exhausted beyond measure. She wasn't thinking clearly. She was really feeling a lack of joy, a lack of passion in her life. And so she approached her co-founder and she said, look, I've got to figure out a way to take a vacation here. Like this working around the clock for all these years thing just isn't cutting it for me anymore. And her co-founder questioned her. She said, well, why do you think you should get to take time off? I don't get to take time off. Why are you going to get to take time off? And in that moment, that caused my client to doubt the information her body was giving her. She thought, oh my gosh, yeah, am I being selfish? Am I asking for too much? Who am I to take time off when she's not taking time off? Why do I need more? What's wrong with me? Rather than just acknowledging that perhaps her body was fatigued because she needed rest. (laughs) That could be legitimate. 
in and of herself. What my client knows now, looking back on this in retrospect, was that she needed her co-founder to say to her in that moment, your fatigue is real and it's understandable. How can I help you get what you need so that you can continue to run this company from a full and inspired heart so that we can do this together for the long haul? But her co-founder was not coming from that place in the moment. And here's what she was able to do for herself at some point. She was able to take those words and bring them to her own body. She realized she needed to ask herself that question. Hey, self, how can I help you get what you need so that you can continue to run this company from a full and inspired heart? Or, hey, body, what is it you're trying to tell me? What can I provide from you so that showing up for this thing I really believe in is more possible? And that leads us to the next section here. But first, I want to say that this wasn't an overnight process for her. This was something that she had to take significant time. She did go on vacation and it ended up being a total disaster. She had a great time while she was gone and she came back to a huge mess at work and she had to restructure things. And it took time to include her body in the conversation. And now a few years later, she bought out the company from her co-founder. She's taking long extended vacation. She's hired wonderful team members and staff. The company is thriving year over year, but it didn't happen overnight. It did begin though with listening to the information her body was giving her. And so here's the funny feedback that I promised I would share. This is feedback I get from pretty much every client I have. They call it magic, and it's really just method. So this feedback that I get, it often sounds something like this. They say, Carly, I don't know what's going on here, but I am so much more at ease now. Sure, I still have tons of work to do. I haven't figured everything out. But yet, I have a sense of things being totally doable. I'm able to rest now. I feel capable. I'm able to work with more clarity. I'm able to discern the difference between dedicated work and overworking. And I do a lot less of the overworking part. And I'm naturally speaking up more. And I'm setting boundaries, like on the spot. I don't have to hem and haw over whether or not to say no the way I used to without it feeling like a big deal. And the day-to-day things that used to cause me to kind of go round and round in my head, they just feel so much more straightforward, not nearly as big as they felt before. Then they always say this line, this cracks me up. I don't know when this started. It just feels so natural all of a sudden. And this happens like clockwork, usually somewhere between the third and fifth month of us working together. I begin to get this kind of feedback. And I love the part where they say, I don't know when this started, (laughs) but it started. Somehow it's happening. They bring this to one of our sessions and they are right when they say it just feels so natural. It is so natural to communicate with our bodies. When we are not including our bodies in the conversation, work begins to feel unnatural. We begin to feel inauthentic. We begin to crave authenticity from other people or from ourselves and wonder why it's not there. And so as they begin to just listen a little bit to what their body needs, They begin to get much clearer and more confident about the decisions they're making. They become more decisive. And so it feels like magic when really they're just tapping into a method, a method where they don't liquefy themselves in the process of showing up for what it is that they care about here. So what are you noticing about your own body right now? What information might it be giving you? And what would 3% more nourishment for your body look like today? 
I really do include you to have a bring your body to work moment. Use the hashtag body to work. Show me what that looks like for you. Somebody was telling me that they just want to share the view. They go outside for work. So it doesn't have to be a picture of yourself. Show me a photo of the view when you go for a walk or for your water bottle full of water as you're taking sips throughout the day on March 21st and on any given day. So I want to know from you, of all the things that we've just covered today, and this really informal, I know I had some data, I had some research, a couple of case studies in there, but really an informal conversation about what it means to include our bodies in the conversation. What's the one word or phrase or concept that's landing with you today? I want to celebrate that. I want to hear what's working. Put that in a review on iTunes so we can talk about it. And remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including your body in the conversation. And I'll see you again next week as I've got a pretty big and special announcement about a beautiful and rather large change we're going to be making to the way we produce Messy and Magnificent and how listening to my body is helping to inform this really big change. So we're going to have an entirely new structure to our podcast moving forward. I think you're really going to love it, but your opinions really matter to me. I value your experience, so I want to hear how it lands with you. We'll share it all next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.